Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast. Subscribe and follow if you haven't already. My name's Neil. I'm with Jordan, also known as Friendly Geordies, political commentator extraordinaire, also the labor faggot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I hope that your editor doesn't screw up the sequence of that. So we're all in on that very obvious inside joke. But I think that the thing that makes it really good, and you're going to have to watch that now because this is a sizzle, is who said it. Yep. So if you didn't listen to the previous podcast, I didn't just call him the labor faggot out of nowhere. No, as that, funny although as that, that is, was, yeah, would be something Neil would do, but <laughs> he, di- he didn't come up with this gym. I've had a this few isn't beers. This is original. Ah, yeah. oh, I don't. I'm not beholden to the PC brigade. <laughs> as you can plainly see. Yes, CSB. <laughs> Get Woo. yours today, kids. Lonelykidsclub.com. Um, <laughs> oh, speaking of beers, I want to talk Speak about away. I want to talk about vice. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that? Vices, what do you mean? The, just the, vices, different people's vices. I thought we were talking Not about the just, media empire, but yeah. Okay, oh, no, but, no, 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 no. What, what is there to say about them? Yeah, I know. Did it? Wait. You wanted to be the next CNN, huh? How's we, that working out? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what's his, um, um, oh my God, I've completely, um, mind blanked on his name, but it's a comedian I follow on, on Instagram. I've got to find him because he's hilarious. He did this brilliant little sketch about vice, mm. um, and the sketch was basically a guy in a boardroom and he throws a dildo at Oh yeah. Have you seen that one? He throws a dildo at like the, the ethnicity, then at the um gender preference, and then at the like country or the profession, and it's like the LGBT Colombian journalists trying to make it and then it's, <laughs> yeah. it's every vice article. I'm not doing it justice, but um, pretty much are. I've that was the joke. And it was Adrian, great. Adrian Alleberg. Uh, I think he's from Perth, but check him out. Adrian.Alleberg. Yeah, he's, Adrian, he's, you should have kept going. Is he still man. making stuff? Yeah. Well, that was an old, old skit that he did. He works And by old, I mean internet years. Right. So it's right. pretty impressive that he can still do skits. Yeah, I don't know how he's but getting away with that. Perth, so. Yeah, I now know. I know how he's getting away with it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Perth is like the best place in Australia. It is. It's really it's heaven. It's so relaxed and great weather, great beaches. Everything's relatively cheaper. It's the most Australian part of Australia. And the girls are so hot. Mm. But it's they're not on. uptight. No, they're not At least that. in my experience. No, they are, to quote Shooter Williamson, loose. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. Shout I'm out to any Perth, Perth is... girls listening. Hopefully you are. I really find it a compliment when Perth people think you're all right. Having said that, you probably shouldn't because they think pretty much everything's all right. Yeah, they're very shift immigration. They're but they're very happy and, and grateful when people actually tour there because apparently not many big bands and musicians go there. And I don't know why. No, I know it's a happening town. I would prefer to live there than Sydney. I would, yeah, if the resources were there, I probably would too. But, um, yeah, that's the one. It's just so isolated, I guess. But who cares? If you're in a big city, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Like I get it. If you're in, what's that little, uh, that little town up the top of Western Australia? I, I, look, I'm going to be honest. I thought that Perth was the only remnant of civilization in Western Australia. There's I didn't one. Know. There's a town up the top there. Mm-hmm. I gotta Google it. I'm sorry. There's gonna be a lot of dead noise in the podcast now. While I'm just googling the town. Yeah, because Neil Kolhatkar has discovered googling. That's the. Uh... Oh, it's great. Have you tried it? <laughs> Have you tried the old Google.com? 
Um, all right, hang on. You I'm do zooming really need out. Jamie I'm zooming for out this. in Australia right now. But I suppose, yeah, you could comment I on it at the Jamie. same time. This is great. Google commenting. All right, we've got Queensland, Northern Territory. That's a real skill. Tabia. Onslow. No, 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 no. There's one. There's another main one. Hang on. Port Headland, maybe. Broom. Oh, That's broom. it. Broom. I think Broom would be paradise. That's like where the bloody Ningaloo Reef is, right? What's in... Yeah, what's... It? Well, first of all, massive shout out to any listeners in Broom. Look, if there is enough people in Broom, I'll go there for a show. It just... All I ask is that I break even. I literally just clicked on Broom. They've got the Broom Japanese Cemetery. They've got the Broom Courthouse Markets. And they've got Cable Beach. Well, what don't you have, what, guys? Well, exactly. What else do you need? <laughs> yeah, what else do you need? If you've got the cemetery. If you've got a laser tag, I'm going. And then you've got the historical museum. Mm. Oh, they've got a Chinatown in Broome? Well, let's be honest. They're never good. Bluey's Place Fish and Chips. That's cool. If you if you haven't zoomed in much on a town and the fish and chip shop is showing up. <laughs> this is all that people don't understand about the difference between towns and cities. It's just cities have more fish and chip shops. they got a Bunnings? It's the same thing. What are you complaining about? Yeah, okay. So we'll forget about Perth then. Broome is the uh, yeah, that's where it's at. Place to be. Well, it is where it's at. It's where the nice reef is. So and it's I, Perth plus that. This is purely just on one YouTube video, so I have no. But it was based off a book, so I don't know how they can actually predict this. But I'm sure they said in the next 60, 70, 80 years, all of Australia will just become a. De- assuming the trends of climate change continue, all of Australia will become a desert. But there was one little pocket in Western Australia. That was apparently going to be great. And I don't know how that is possible, but that's what the video said. So you um, don't know where it was. Um, it, it, I don't think it was Perth, which doesn't help. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of Western yeah, Australia that's not Perth. I guess it does eliminate something. I think I mean, it was around near Geraldton. I think it was around sort of midway on the coast. I, I can't remember. But anyway, there was a real life law. That's the YouTube channel. He did a video, um, the geography of certain countries, if climate change trends continue, Russia is going to be a paradise. Oh, yeah, definitely. Man, we're going to move there. And Canada's going to be fantastic, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, anywhere that is now just a frozen wasteland, that's going to be nice with a, a, a two-degree heat up, obviously. Yeah, well. But yeah, in Australia, clearly, because it's got good weather now, is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're already too hot. Well, Tasmania and Victoria. I That's hope they say you should go. Victoria, though, is because they already get some pretty extreme heat waves down there. That just be exacerbated. Yeah, but it'll be livable. <laughs> well, There'll be places that will be uninhabitable. Will Will Sydney be livable? It depends how bad it gets. Hopefully, but the it... technology catches up, and then we can actually still. What in bubbles? Yeah, well, I don't know. I suppose that's actually what a lot of uh, engineers are now suggesting. Just yeah. keeping everybody in just giant terrariums. Because it's much easier to air condition cities than it is to stop climate change. Holy shit. The future's so well, bleak. That's what they're saying they're going to do in Mar- on Mars anyway. They're going to have these big domes. Uh, yeah, but are they actually going to do it? 
That's what they've been saying. Elon For Musk a long is pretty. Time. Well, he said in the 2030s or 40s, I think. That's, so you know, it's a long-term plan. He hasn't he just he hasn't invented his laser gun yet, has he? Was he going to invent a laser gun? Elon Musk says a lot of things. He does say. A Elon lot Musk of is pretty much just that skit with the dildo he's getting thrown at the board. <laughs> he's, he's a bit of a shit talker. Although he's done some things. He invented PayPal, didn't he? And then he did Tesla. Yeah, I mean, like, he's done things. That's all well and good. But he says he's going to do a lot of things as well. Uh, yeah. So yeah. factor that in. Yeah. But well, look, again, I'm not going to shit on the guy, obviously. <laughs> he's like, dude, he's saving the world, whatever. But yeah, that's good, I guess. But invent your laser gun. Yeah, invent your laser gun and <laughs> yeah. and, and then it. take it to Mars on a colony. Yeah, use a laser gun to kill other people at other domes. That's Imagine <laughs> so, that. Because otherwise you're going to have to kill yourself because you'd shoot through it. That's a dystopian film right there. Every, um, every you know, there's like, say, 10,000 humans that live under each dome and they're all tribes. And then when they go to war, the conditions are so arid and it's 50 degrees. So only the, the maybe there's a few stragglers who haven't made it to the domes. You could make a, you know, a commentary about class distinction. <laughs> so all the poor people live outside the domes. And then they they maybe they do a lot of labor, and then the rich people just live in domes and I don't know, fuck AI robots all day. Nice, that's pretty so good. So AI, except for replace the healing bubble with robots, you can fuck. Which, let's be honest, I would prefer that. Well, AI robots are—that's where—that's what's going to accelerate the technology of AI more than anything else. The the demand for sex robots. Yeah, it already is. And then once those sex robots are perfected, they could probably use that tech to make a great AI nurse. True. But it'll be the demand for the sex robots that, that accelerates the technology. They will be the, the first technology. wave. Yeah. Just like how prostitution is the oldest trade. Yeah, dude, it all comes <laughs> down to, you know. And speaking of which, um, all right, so vices. Um, I want to talk about that in a... In pretty casual way, though, um, because you, first of all, I know you're a very viceless man. You don't drink. You don't. You did that. You went on that acid trip, but that's not a recurring thing. Um, <laughs> do you even eat sugar, man? Like you don't do. <laughs> you don't. You know, you've had a been in a monogamous long term relationship for a very long time. I think your sort of outlet for a bit of that uh, dark side, if you will, is when you viciously attack people online i think you've said that but um some people would will will you know articulate the adage that everyone has a vice everyone has their temptation but you don't seem to so first of all i want to get your thoughts on that do you I think everyone really, has a vice everyone definitely has a vice uh it just what way well look another way of saying it is everyone has like a shadow self but I would say that closest thing that I ever had to advice is I found I started smoking cigarettes in Korea because they were all just like you know grape flavor. I got to try that. Mm. I'm, I'm I'm only a man. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that out. So I started doing that, and then obviously I I got addicted to cigarettes. Huh? Did you smoke in high school? Or? Nah, no, no, no. I, I, only when I was eighteen. As soon as I was eighteen, then I drank and I smoked for the first time, and I went to a, an adult shop. All in the same shop, night. So not even and a brothel, just the shop. Yeah, just went into the shop. It was like, oh, rubber fist. Get out. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I had my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, 
but it was, like okay i was never a heavy smoker but i found it really hard to resist the temptation of when someone wanted to say do you do you have a cigarette do you mm. want a cigarette or whatever so it probably evened out for like 10 years of having like you know one to two to well some nights i'd just have fucking like five or six um still but like comparatively not that bad no i, I wouldn't even say it well look Obviously, it's kind of the same as like, do you drink alcohol? Yes, then you're a drinker or whatever. But if you're just going to say that I have a drink every now and then, but I'm not a drinker, then you would say the same thing about me as a smoker or whatever. Uh, what changed that was just Alan Carr's book about quitting cigarettes. This was only like maybe four or five months ago or something like oh, really? that. And now I've just been like not tempted at all. It was amazing. All they do, and this is just, I guess we'll get to the meat of it now. If you have a vice, I think this is what you need to do. I think what someone needs to do is just sit there. The whole book is this. You can get a packet of cigarettes. And I was like, mad. That's the, the, the like, this is, this is heaven for me. I actually did enjoy smoking. I liked the feeling of it, like eating away at my esophagus. And so I got the cigarettes. God. Yeah. It's really weird what happens that when is. you're a, sm- a smoker. It's so strange. You like the smell of it. You like, mm. the, you like the, uh, the, the feeling that it is actually like, eating away at your body it gives you a good rush i was never as um addicted to it as you were but i dated a girl who was a smoker back when i was um 20 and for a while there i definitely was enjoying it i was maybe having one or i wasn't even having five a day but you know maybe some days i'd actually maybe some days i would have had five that's the problem and (coughs) yeah you're in a relationship with a smoker (laughs) yeah uh, it's a good how can you even it's just a good kick that's the way and you know what else i obviously there was like counter arguments to this but the other thing that i think happens and obviously this is what's happening right now when i'm talking all the smokers are getting into state and probably they've all lit up at this point but whatever like that's your own fault um i think when you're smoking the thing that uh appealed with me or whatever i think it's just because your brain just freaks out and goes where the fuck's that smoke coming from is there a fire or something like that and uh, and you know kind of just like gets rid of the oxygen in your body but i think it's like a, a thinking man's drug really well i always used to think that when i was smoking like it gave me a moment to think that i otherwise wouldn't give myself throughout the day where i'd just be kind of like mind numbing as a zombie or whatever and if i smoked a cigarette you just kind of stop for a moment now obviously you can replace it with something much more healthy which is just called going outside and taking a few deep breaths and going inside you do exactly the same thing without the cigarette but i think that the the book just said take take a packet of cigarettes smoke as much as you want while you're reading this and the whole book just sits there the whole time it doesn't make any arguments as to why it's bad for your health which i think is obviously you know i think the government has made that message clear enough with the dead baby on the front if it's going to work it would have worked that's a good point the whole book is just sitting there going you think it's good for this reason but think about it it's actually stupid. So I'll give you the example of that where I was saying that like it helps you think more. They were just like, dude, there's like a lot of scientific studies on this. It actually contracts how much your brain is able to process. So that's not true. Really? Like, And it just sits there and goes through everything. It's just being like, dude, you think it's like this nice little reprieve from society or whatever, but think about it. Most people now just give you dirties. Like my girlfriend hated the fact that I, like she used to, that was the only time we'd ever fight is if she saw me smoke a cigarette, she, she just cracked the shits. Mm. And so the whole thing is just 
this very logical argument that just goes through an entire book, just being like, it's it's really lame. It's not fucking cool. Like, <laughs> so that's the main premise of the book. Like, you're lame yeah. for doing this. Or not even you're lame, just being like, it's it's lame. Like, yeah. smoke. you think smoking's cool and makes you like an individual or whatever. There's like all of these different excuses that they had in your mind, but it just goes through every possible argument that you ever had. Because what you realize is that you are subconsciously coming up with all vices. You are coming up with sub- some subconscious reason to justify it mm. so that in your mind, it's not a vice. In your mind, it's strengthening you somehow. I mean... <laughs> Hang on, my immediate defensiveness there is probably just a perfect example of that. Because I was about to say, I can still acknowledge my vices are vices. Yes, on one level. But yeah. But like if you give yourself, okay, so yeah. just, just like. So you, drinking you think of a it, social lubricant. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Cigarettes is, is the classic example of that. There will be some reason that you are giving yourself and all this book does is just shatter that reason. And so at the end of it, you just sit there and I remember it. It's like basically the first time this has ever happened in my life where I was just sitting there with like half a pack of cigarettes or whatever. I was like, I don't want this anymore. And it became a chore and I just kept doing it because like it was just like the end of, I was just like, well, I've got the money here and it said to keep smoking it. But there was this cutoff point about halfway through. Where I was just like, yeah, this does suck. Yeah, wow. And and I think that's all that happens is it just takes away all the justifications you have. That's how you get off a vice. Um, and, and like this point, this point really hit me. The thing, especially this happens with social smokers, is always this thing that happens in their head of your... You think that when someone is offering you a cigarette, you're just like, oh, this is a little treat for me or whatever. And so you think that if you deny yourself the cigarette, you're denying yourself a treat. So the, the really, nice. yeah, the re- I can attest yeah. to that. Yeah, that's, that's what happens, right? When I'm at parties and things. Yeah. I haven't had one for at least a year, mm. but there was a while there where I was smoking. Anytime I was at a party or I was out, I sort of justified it as like, well, I'm not buying it. But mm. I'd say, mm. oh, can I buy my cigarette? And then, yeah. Always. And then, um, yeah, but I, no, I, I've stopped now. Yeah. But with drinking, I still, I drink. I don't think I've, um, well, it's hard to say because in Australia, you know, if you're in the top 30% of drinkers, then you definitely have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but even if you're in the bottom 30%, for probably every other country, you probably have a problem. <laughs> no, but I was looking at some of those averages of the, you know, worldwide and things like that. Um, I'm not even above that worldwide average. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel, I feel really guilty if I'm, if I get a hangover, then I'm like, oh gosh, I shouldn't have done that. Or if I've been doing it, you know, consistently for a few days in a row. And then after a while, you just start to feel lethargic. It's, there's nothing like, if you've, if you've been working out for a few days and eating really healthy, you feel amazing after those few days. And that's when you think, yeah, I can have a few drinks to celebrate. And then, oh, this, this was actually good. And then for a few days, you'll have a few drinks at night. And I'm talking, you know, two or three beers, nothing really that major. Um, but then you'll do that for a few days and then you'll feel like crap after that. And then you go, but no, I, I, I got to have a really, um, you know, serious four days now where I only work out and eat really healthily. Um, so that's my, I guess, the closest thing to a, to a vice. Um, I didn't really... I, for a while, I 
smoked weed a little bit, but I never was a, I would never call myself a stoner or a pothead. But again, that's all relative. I'm sure to people who don't smoke weed, maybe I was, but I also haven't done that now for a few, for a few months. Um, when I first, uh, oh, I went, I've been to the brothel a few times, but you know, I would definitely not call it a compulsion or a problem. Uh, but again, have you? Yeah. What was that like? That's just sex. Is it weird? The first time was pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> the first, okay. The first time was weird. And then the girl can clearly tell it it's your first time. <laughs> um, but then it is actually a good, it's like any other vice. It's a, you're feeling a bit tense. You're feeling a bit stressed and you're like, oh, fuck, that'll be good right now. Right. And then okay. you just go, it's discreet and... You know, I didn't go to any high-class ones. It wasn't too expensive. <laughs> doesn't help that look. It's very close to my apartment. And I'm talking, it's basically next door. You <laughs> probably just instigated a SWAT team no, bust. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a... I don't know how legal, legal it is. It is. Geez, okay, I really got to stop. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Um, yeah, like it's... It's nice. It's not anything amazing. It's it's a bit. It's better than porn, but porn is free. So and porn, there's a trade off. You, you feel you feel gross because oh, it was all fake and digital. Whereas I didn't feel as gross after. Um, I only actually paid for sex maybe once. Otherwise, you just get like a rub and tug. Right. Are they good at it? Yes. Okay. Like I usually, I don't. I've. It's very hard for me to come from a hand job for from anyone other than me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's isn't not it? impossible. Very hard, but <laughs> for them, they they know they what know they're what doing. They're doing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's just a classic. Like I don't know if these girls are even here on a visa or what. <laughs> like they definitely, they're probably they're not. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, probably Jesus Christ. It sounds like a, like an SVU episode. Um, but no, no that's actually, that's just prostitution. to be perfectly honest, part of the reason I stopped as well. I was like, mm, this doesn't feel right. Okay, right. Morally, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Even though, yeah, I know they put on the facade. Like they're, I'm sure they're, you know, it's a, a job's a job, right? Mm. But nah, morally, I was like, yeah, I'm not really on board with this. So that's what stopped that vice. Yeah, that and also just I could see that it was becoming similar to all the other. It's all the same pattern. It's like, oh, I feel a bit, there's a bit of tension going on. There's a bit stressed with work or whatever. Hey, look, I've got the money. Why not? I'll just go there. Mm. Um, Gambling, I've never been a gambler. I've never understood gambling. I've never had the compulsion to do it. I've gone to the pokies a few times and never got any sort of need to do it again, never been a gambler. Um, and like I said, with smoking, there's a little bit there. Like I've, I've, you know, had a moderate experience with all the major vices without ever having, again, it's relative what is seen as a problem, but most people would look at what I've done and not call that a problem or anything like that. Mm. But I guess all of them are unhealthy to us. Well, you could argue that if it's, you know, sex work maybe it's not un maybe it's not physically unhealthy for you assuming you're using protection and stuff 
Um, if anything, it might even help you if you're lacking intimacy, physical intimacy and a bit of exercise for you. Yeah, true. So actually, health-wise, that could be the best of devices. Yeah. Um, and then with weed, you know, we don't know. Some people say it's healthier for you than alcohol and cigarettes, but there's just not a lot of studies. I don't know. I mean, if you talk to, you know, an act person who smokes weed, they're always in favor of it. Mm, yeah, it'll be huge candle yes, online. Um, cigarettes, we definitely know, very unhealthy, cause cancer. Alcohol, we also know, leads to cancer. I, if, you know, consumed in copious amounts. I don't think it's as, I don't know, you'd have to look at the studies. I should probably look at the studies. No, apparently is alcohol it? is the most dangerous drug. Really? On earth. Now, yeah. look, I, I don't know. This was just some UN report that happened years ago. I just, remember it just being announced. Just really quickly, what's the comparable amount though? Like if you're smoking, say, a five cigarettes a day, does that equate to... You know, one drink, two drinks. What? Because there'd be an extent to which one becomes more dangerous than the other. Couldn't tell you, but I do remember that it was something to do with the fact that once you smoke a cigarette, it does damage to your body and continues to do damage for a length of time. Yeah. Alcohol, for instance, I think the time that it stops doing damage to your body is, God, this is a long time ago, either three weeks or three months after you consume it. Really? So that shot that you did a month ago for your birthday is probably still ricocheting around in your body. Three months. It takes a long time for the body to process it. All right. Well, that's... That's not good. It's not good. No. Um, And I think... I think that when it comes to alcohol, I would imagine that the major problem that people start doing it is... Because this is the reason that I've ever drunk in my life. I just don't want to be where I am. That's usually why uh, I'm drinking. It can it can enhance the it can definitely enhance social situation. So yeah, but it can enhance the, a shit social situation to a good one. It, so that's always a nice hour. Yeah, and it can even enhance a decent social situation to an amazing one. Yeah. Um it's definitely is a social lubricant because when you have had two or three drinks, you're a lot more confident and you know you're at often at ease and can talk to people especially if you're dating and things like that it's pretty rare that you know you go on first dates sometimes you can go on coffee dates and dinner dates but they're fuck they're boring (laughs) (laughs) a lot of it comes down to that um but see this is actually a really good weeding out of a social situation i think it was just because two and i are both non-drinkers we never drank in each other's company well until like we started dating dating that's good it's actually like a good indication of whether or not you can get on with that person because think about it if you need the enhancer to be around them because i always hear this like with a lot of relationships where people are breaking up they start upping the levels of narcotics that they're consuming they might move on a coke or they might have ecstasy every time they're hanging around each other so they kind of just become drug buddies. <laughs> well, if it works, it works. If it works, it works. Um, no, yeah, that that's a good point. I think if, if you could only be with that person while you're inebriated, there's a problem. But I'm talking about a first, second date context where there's always going to be some 
well, for most people, there'll be some nerves and you want to make it as amicable an experience as possible. And and hopefully you want it to be fun. So drinking does help that situation. However, yeah, if you can, if you can do it without drinking, that's the ideal. That's the ideal. Dude, you know what advice is? It's a crutch. Yeah. It's a crutch. Hey. Fuck. So if you're like, if if you're going to a prostitute or whatever, it's kind of just like, can't be fucked to go through the game. I'm just going to get that shortcut there. Or so really what you're looking for is like immediate gratification for like a bad long-term payoff. That's really what happens with, with vices. So the long-term payoff mm. is just, first of all, just being able to control your sexual impulses, but also just by sheer necessity having to get better at the game instead of if you're addicted to prostitutes just being like yeah go on go on go on i'm taking that one every time it's the same thing with alcohol it's just like well i'm the life of the party when i'm drunk Mm. but you know what else happens to alcoholics uh one of my friends that went to rehab they said that all the other druggos that were in there were easy to get on with well not all of them, but like there was just definitely groups and they all had some kind of feel to them. Okay. And the ones that were alcohols, alcoholics, wall-to-wall cunts, all of them. Terrible, <laughs> terrible people. Really? Alcohol after a while, you, well, you go escape. from moving from like a fun drunk to a really aggressive, nasty person. Yeah. It starts doing that to you. Yeah, because I'd imagine the pattern would be when you're young and you know you, you have a lack of responsibilities, you're partying, you're carefree, you, you're healthier and you are the life of the party. Then as you get older, you're not using it as that fun enhancer anymore. You're using it as an escape. An escape. And maybe the and- most long-term moral thing to do would be to just not use alcohol while you're young while it can be the fun enhancer to prevent you from to prevent it from then becoming an escape mechanism because that's the other thing that happens when you're drunk as well i can't i can't give you like a breakdown of it but let's just say that it's like 50 50 for now 50 percent of the time you wake up and you might have a hangover or whatever and you'll think fuck that was a really fun night the other 50 percent of the time you wake up and you think shit I said like the dumbest shit. Like I, 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 I'm a fucking moron. Like I really, Sometimes. like I made a complete ass of myself. That hasn't happened to me for for quite a while. Hasn't happened to you? No, no but for, it, it has, has happened. It to has, you. but not uh, recently. No, and obviously that's probably because you're kind of like controlling your level of alcohol as opposed <sighs> to like when you're like 19 or whatever. True, true. But no, look, this year... Um, well, you've been, been getting plastered. No, not consistently. Maybe two, three or four times, yeah. But what's 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 plastered? How many drinks are we talking? Um, I, I don't even... Well, it's a combination of some drinks and some shots and then you're just having a you know, fun night. So it doesn't... Yeah, okay. Uh, but you know what? I think sure. that you also... You start getting like... Especially if you remove yourself from it and you go into it more. Because obviously you're just going to need more and more of a hit because you get immune to it. And like you know, the, the guns or whatever. But you would also have this feeling as well of just being older and more in the experience of, oh, I'm getting to that stage now. I should probably just lean yes, back on it. Yes, there's definitely that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, happens. But yeah, like I guess if you just have that addictive personality and you keep going into it, 
you will get to those points because this also happens with alcoholics. They start getting into those blackouts where they just don't remember fucking nights, days of their life. Yeah. Because they're just in that permanent bender and then they just wake up and they're like, what happened? And then they knock some chick up or something, you know, like. Yeah, that's not good. That's not I good. I don't, I don't think, like I said, I don't think I've got a problem or anything. No, 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 no. but. That's where it can lead. That's true. That's true. And yeah. I think that it's 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 this reliance on, as the word you're using, I guess, is like an escape, like a shortcut. I've found that, you know, there were periods in my life where I just didn't drink at all. Um, for a while there, actually when I was about 19, 20, which is the worst time not to be drinking, and then maybe t- two years ago, I didn't, I don't think I ever completely cut it out as such, but basically the whole year I would have had maybe, you know, a handful of drinks type thing at a yeah. big event, a party or something like that. And look, man, they weren't fun years. <laughs> it comes down to that. I, mm. I do enjoy myself more when I'm, um, it's like a podcast, We we when we did that, um, Fun podcast, I think. Maybe this is a naive thing to say, but I'm willing to um, uh, accept whatever possible long-term health risks are associated with casual drinking because, man, it it is (laughs) really fun. Mm. But maybe because you always talk about changing your state and things like that, maybe that's something I need to... Get better at, but there's nothing really like. Yeah, I've I've been in situations in some parties where I've gone there sober and I've been really hyped up before, and I've listened to great music and I've been really fun and 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 lively and enthusiastic. But it's not the same as actually being five or six drinks in. It's just it's a different kind of state of consciousness. You can't get there. It's the same. That's why people take drugs because you can't get that exact feeling. Yeah. Um, but I guess what you're really... And look, as you're saying, if, if you're happy with that, that's fine. And I wouldn't even call that a vice because it's not something that you're like... It's not a crutch. You're not depending on no, it. Oh, yeah, I don't really... Not re- like, you can live without if the If someone feeling. said, hey, you need to stop alcohol, I'd be like, all right, fine, I can do that. Yeah. I can still live a pretty happy life. But you can... That That's the whole thing, I think, is like... It, it's... Man, it's all this. It's just all convincing yourself. Can you live without that experience? I think that's what's happened to me. Now, obviously, every now and then I go back, like, just in that podcast we did where I was saying, like, man... I did not have fun in my 20s. Um, That's true. That is what happens. But I suppose the thing is that you're even looking for getting rid of the vice of that with everything in life, I guess. It's It's just down to that. It's just like if you can get rid of that feeling of I'm missing out on something. Yeah. You can control a lot. That's true. You're, you're really in control of your life at that point yeah, where you're just like, true. you know, nothing in my life I, I feel like, oh, man, missed opportunity, FOMO. Yeah, FOMO yeah, yeah. Is, the, is the call of a vice. Mm. That's the siren's call. Uh, do you think there's some people out there that 
maybe aren't necessarily consuming their vice or undertaking the whatever it may be, if they're going to a brothel or whatever it is, because they feel like they're missing out, but it's just they've linked that with their identity. Because there's some brilliant people throughout history that have also been alcoholics or especially in the creative field. Mm. Be hard pressed to find a great artist that didn't have some sort of vice. Mm. So do you think it is a very innately human thing or is that just a justification for a bad habit? Having a vice. Yeah. No, having a vice is innately human because look, human beings are always looking for shortcuts. That's why laziness is kind of the default state of pretty much every mammal because it's just conserving energy and if you're lazy you have more energy so that like when push comes to shove if it really ever came to that which it doesn't in this day and age you can just spring out and and run away and you're not going to be tired physically exhausted to the point that you won't be able to do it so the inclination there is to be lazy is to find shortcuts to doing things Mm. um now, there is a million strategies that you can implement to get to your goal and a very, very, very easy one, which most people want, which is just a feeling of contentment or satisfaction, is drugs. Yeah. So you're really, that's, I think, what you should, if you have a vice that you want to get rid of, just understand that. What what do you, what do you, like, be honest about it. What are you trying to get from that? So with you, with alcohol, now, Obviously, you're saying it's not a vice, and I agree. But let's just assume for a second that it is. Well, I mean, it, well, how do you define vice? Exactly, right? And like the way that I'm defining a vice, I wouldn't say it's a vice because, as you're saying, well, everybody always says that. Like it's the same with cigarettes. That's the other thing that like is yeah. a really good fucking. I can quit any time I want to. Well, why don't you quit? Because I noticed that as well. I'd been saying that for ten years. Yeah. 10 yeah. years goes by. You still say, I could quit tomorrow. Yeah. It's it's like a nice little delay strategy that you have in your mind. Yeah, interesting. And so it's the same thing with, uh, like, uh, like you, you know, just the example of alcohol or whatever. Mm. What you're trying to get out of it, as you just said there, that's, that's the justification that you're using. You're using the justification that, uh, you know, I can, I can have fun without it, but... It's not the same type of fun, and so like it's it's like it, the thing is That's like true. I'm using justification in negative term here, I but know. justification is just like a, a term, right? Like it's just it's a neutral term here. It's just the reason that you have in your head for doing something because everything that you do, you have a reason for doing it. Yeah, in your head. That's right? true, of course. But that's the reasoning that you're putting behind it. And I'm what I've done that psychological test. It's INFJ, I think I am, or INTJ, one of those. When one of the characteristics of that personality type is you need to have a philosophical underpinning to everything you do in life. Yeah, yeah. You do have that. <laughs> I do. You yeah, do I, have that. If anyone has, I definitely do. Yeah. Um, you know what would be f- interesting? Let's break down the sort of people that get into each advice. So who do you think are the sort of people that become alcoholics? I think they're just... I, I I've heard that higher IQ people are more likely to become alcoholics. Yeah. Well, it's what we were saying. Addictive personality. Addictive person. Well, yeah, but I also think it's what you were saying. Usually high IQ people aren't socially intelligent. That can be that, yeah. 
So they're probably, again, they use it to try and feel comfortable in social situations. So instead of just working on how to interact with people in a relaxed, comfortable way, they've just realized you can do that. Yeah. And you know what? Now that I think about it, the people that I do know that aren't alcoholics, damn, like I remember one of them. It's a real shame. He was, he's a boomer. And he was accepted into straight out of high school in the 70s or whatever, like a really, really exclusive physics program in Australia yeah. that they were kind of cultivating at the time when they thought, oh, we'll start our own space program or whatever when that like went kaput. So straight out of university, there was like that guy's such a gun at physics that we're going to put him in a special program um, through university and tertiary education or whatever. Now he's an alcoholic that works as a courier. And obviously, I think it's hyper-intelligence. I think it's hyper-intelligence just being at a party and thinking, fuck, how do I interact? Okay, I'll dumb myself down. Because there's this, and I feel it as well when I am in social situations. I always feel this thing of like, I am not enjoying this party at all. Like, (laughs) the people here suck. Like, I could be doing better things with my time. I know that I could probably be saying that this is like a, uh, you know, you could project it or like you could interpret this as like I'm insecure in social situations. That Mm. might be true. But from my perspective, I see it as kind of just like this is a waste of time. Mm. I don't want to be here. I don't want to have fucking small talk conversations about your mortgage and your job. I don't care. But the way that I do get into that mode of caring is just by like getting plastered. And so if you are, if you are hyper intelligent, there's those things going for you. But did you, do you think just because that was your, what worked for you, that was the reason why all people of uh, above average intelligence may have a greater proclivity to become alcoholic. Could there be other reasons? Uh, I would imagine also that it's different for me because I, I don't think that I'm hyper-intelligent. I don't think I'm anywhere close to that. I, I think I'm pretty fucking average intelligence. But um, Big call. Yeah, well, you know, who knows? You're pretty dumb, bro. <laughs> <laughs> average. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, low IQ and a small dick. That's you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Still fucked your mum with that small dick, bro. She loved it, eh? Bigger than your dad's. That's <laughs> how so you respond. I think that's it, man. Like, <laughs> just, I, I really think that's why intelligent people will be attracted to it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, what other reason have they got for it? It's, it is known as the social lubricant for a reason. Intelligent people probably have a much more ex- a mind that's accelerating to such a degree that it may feel more comfortable for them to slow it down because that isn't conducive to day to day living. You know, if you're like that's just proof. I just said what you said basically. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of another situation other than just a social situation where you'd want to slow your mind down. 
and that would benefit you in that situation. Okay. Well, no, no, okay. no. But then it would do. This is what happens with alcoholics. It's always the classic telltale thing of an alcoholic. They start getting plastered by themselves, and it's it goes into your point of at that point they're just really escaping reality. Yeah, and so yeah. they've just fucked up so many days because that's just what happens when you drink. You take days to recover to the point that you're even just, you, your, your mind feels normal. I think that they can start getting like a feeling of shame and so they just keep spiraling in because it's just a really quick escape to the point they're just polishing off six bottles a night. Um, bottles of beer? No, wine. Oh, okay, this guy okay, polishes well, off well, six well, bottles of wine. I was going to say six bottles of beer. That's... Uh, that's- Good, it's not alcoholic yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. australian yeah, standards good effort. <laughs> um yeah but dude and also like stoners i think that stoners are people that just like to feel relaxed yeah those I, are those people i found that this is actually a bad thing that happened to me when the lockdown happened things were so uncertain and i wasn't i had all these plans to do this touring and um i was just at home every night and I did find myself smoking a lot more and, and drinking a lot more. Mm. It's bad to think about that, though, because then what if something really bad were to happen in my life or another lockdown, but with far worse consequences ever happened, then I that's not a good test of my character, actually. I failed that little test. Maybe it's but, something, but- I need to, something I need to work on. Yeah, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it when you're trying to get rid of a vice. There's that, but there's also the elimination of the habit. You know what? I'm imagining the reason that you did it because of lockdown. I don't know. You can tell me if I'm right or not. Nothing to do. Which is, that's not a good reason to do it at all. No, it's not a good reason, but you can eliminate that. That's a really easy thing to eliminate. Yeah. I mean, I was saying this on my self-help channel about if you, you know, they're just that experiment that everyone just doesn't shut the fuck up about because they saw that TED talk on it of the mice and then they had the laced heroin water. Now, what's this one? Well, okay. Oh, fuck, I hate ex- I talk about this on my self-help channel all the time. I hate relaying experiments with mice because there's always just like this long explanation that's boring as fuck yeah. to get to the point that's interesting. But anyway, okay, yeah. in the 60s, their idea of how addiction worked was... Because they put water that wasn't laced with heroin, and then water that was laced with heroin in a in a, like a mouse, I don't know, c- container or whatever. Yeah. And the mice would go to the one that was laced with heroin every time, and then so their conclusion was heroin's addictive. That was the conclusion. Okay. Um. Then they looked. Then just weirdly, some scientist that was reading about it forty years later came to the conclusion: Hang on, mice are highly intelligent. If I was just in a fucking pit with nothing else, just water and heroin, I'd take the fucking heroin. Of course I would. If you're just in solitary confinement all day doing nothing, Mm. be bored as shit. You need a challenge. So he redid it. So he made like what was known as mouse nirvana. It was just filled with wheels. There was other chicks to fuck there. There was like unlimited (laughs) food. There was all these like little mazes that they could go through. And then they discovered that the mice do do heroin, but... Not much, like every, like maybe, you know, every two or three weeks or something like that, they might have like a little drink out of the heroin container or something. But most of the time they were just drinking the water because they were just too busy and preoccupied with life. 
So it's the same thing that was happening with you with the uh, alcohol and the weed consumption increasing because you weren't touring as much. So you just had more time to fill. And you know what? It's the wisest thing my dad has ever said to me, I reckon, because he was like a massive druggo in the 80s or whatever. And I was saying, why'd you do it? And he said, this is the problem with uh, drugs, right? It's not as bad of a rap as what everybody else says in that like, yeah, some of my friends died from drug consumption and stuff, but like a lot of them just had functional normal lives. The problem with drugs is that it makes doing nothing seem okay. So you're doing nothing, you have a drug, and then like everything just becomes kind of like a new fun experience. Like your consciousness alters and so you- That's, you, exactly, you, that's exactly what happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it justifies in your head doing nothing with your life. Mm. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, anyway. yeah, that 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 would be one of the factors that definitely contribute to alcoholism. So people who just don't have anything to do. And I think that was another Gosh. reason why, like, cigarettes was so attractive to me, was mm. because I was just from a very young age just indoctrinated with self help. So there was always like something to be doing, but I could justify, you know, thirty seconds, sixty seconds to be like, and then get on with my day. Mm. It's it's a short high. It's a real. It doesn't take much time. Whereas like alcohol, I realized very quickly. Fuck, I'm out for two days. Two days. Because you just the hangover. Yeah, it depends how. Were you getting quite drunk? I guess so. Oh, I can't even remember because I can't remember the last time I was plastered. Oh, my thirtieth, I was plastered. Mm. Um. But there's there's more of a time. There's more of a time sink in weed and alcohol than there is cigarettes. Weed by the next, well, after six or seven hours, you're all right. But it's still massive time sink, That's right? Like compared to a cigarette, six or six, yeah, 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 yeah. What is it, cocaine? That or what's <laughs> the Nangs? It's what thirty seconds or something. Yeah, Nangs again. Like the Nangs brothel, is my you've favorite got a, one. You've got a strict half hour, and then that's it. Or you can pay for more, but you, you, you don't, don't need. You don't that. even need the half hour. Let's be. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> Should be a cheaper option. Um, <laughs> It'd benefit everyone. Why don't they? Yeah, the fast food brothel. Well, right? it's because most people that go to brothels, that's the thing. They want intimacy. They want intimacy. Yeah, they want to be cuddled and all that sort of stuff. Mm, that's really sad. It is sad, but it's good that they're getting it. Actually, I suppose that's I true. Really, that's not what I was after. <laughs> just uh, nice wee bear. Just get me off. Um, <laughs> so, okay, who do you think the sort of people are the people who become sex addicts? I think there's definitely some come back, come back to the truth by Neil Strauss, and then other things that I've read in relationship psychology. Now, um, people who become sex addicts probably had issues with the relationship they had with their mother. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it definitely, that definitely stems from insecurity. Yeah, yeah. Insecurity. I mean, I suppose they all are insecurities and variants of it. But in terms of, uh, I, I think sex addiction is really about proving something. Mm, there are some guys that I know. This is purely anecdotal, but. Well, at face value, it doesn't look like they're trying to prove anything. I think they actually just have a compulsion and it's an addiction. And in the same way, cigarettes are a good little release of tension and stress. 
It's the same thing with sex. But you also, even if you're not getting a full round of intimacy, you you know, you're there in the moment with another human being. And yeah, you, you know that it's all fake and everything, but it your body unconsciously thinks it's real and you've won that because in the natural world you'd be doing things to obtain sex. So there's probably a lot of chemicals in your brain that are at work there. True there. In the same way with drugs, the, the main one would be your dopamine. But why are they getting into sex? Because you'd probably get dopamine and then oxytocin as well. You'd get, there'd be different chemicals. When you have sex with someone, I don't know what the exact chemicals are, but I'm sure it'd be No, you get oxytocin to, for sure. Yeah, different to drugs. Yep. I'm just guessing there. I'm sure both would result in dopamine. You'd probably get more oxytocin with sex. Mm. So maybe they're looking for that. That's where the addiction is. The addiction can can be the actual chemical hit that you get, not the substance itself. So when you take drugs, you do get the dopamine But there's also, see, the difference with all of these vices is, as you're saying, they're all a type of person. Like when you go into a casino, well, it's Chinese, let's be honest, but they're a type of Chinese person. Because there's no other vices allowed. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's even allowed in China. Gambling. Yeah, There's a lot of Asian countries where it's illegal except for... But that's why they come here, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why, yeah, it's a big lucrative business. Um, I know in India, drinking was basically illegal. I don't think it was... It was like... Uh, what's comparable to... I think it was like weed in Amsterdam where like it, selling it was illegal. But, you know, if you're consuming, were consuming it. it in private, you're not going to get in, in trouble. But culturally, it was also really looked down upon. That's changed dramatically. The the average alcohol consumption in India has more than doubled over the last fifteen years. Mm. That's also a result of people moving from you know basically abject poverty to a new working slash middle class, so they have more disposable income. Um, but Western countries are the ones that are considered the the drinking countries right mm. especially well russia i know has i think the highest per capita alcohol consumption it, it, it's an insane amount yeah i watched a video on that and i think i think it was either russia or one of those other former soviet states and they compared their average alcohol consumption to even second place and it was insanely high like no talking multiple shots a day on average type thing and it was generally consumed in hard liquors it wasn't beers and wines it was you know your, your vodkas so the stereotype is true um and i've that could just be quite a brutal society so then there's a greater need for escapism maybe i don't know i'm just spitballing here but then but that's the word that you keep coming back to and i agree with it Escape. Vices are about escape. So there's different methods of getting that escape. And I know that this is actually really... Because I, I used to always understand that about my vice, that there was other methods of escape and it didn't work. 
Hmm. And I think that's the really pernicious one about cigarettes because you just smoke it and then you have like this small head spin and then you just get on with the rest of your day except for like, I guess it like saps you with a bit of energy or whatever. But you're still very functional. Mm. Uh, Actually, you know what also made me go up cigarettes? I got gingivitis. How? Because of all the smoke in your mouth. I didn't know that happened. I think it was from that. Well, there was a clear correlation because my, I started uh, when I was brushing my teeth, I was bleeding. And then, yeah, I had mild gingivitis, but it was disgusting. Damn. Was like, once I, I just had to, um, I was worried that I was brushing too hard and that was what was causing the blood. So for a few weeks, I wasn't brushing that hard. But then I looked into it and, well, was Google doctor, maybe I did the wrong thing, but it was like, no, you actually have to brush harder. And one day I brushed really hard. It was the most disgusting thing. That much blood from my gums. But then it was after, I think I did that another day or something and then it was fine. And I also, that was, I was like, fuck, I, I should stop. Yep. So that was the motivator. I think it was that. It could have been, I just had gingivitis. gingivitis. I think it's gingivitis. I don't know. I said a doctor can say in the comments what I, I might have I think that's had. what it is, yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Maybe from Colgate, eh? But it was, dis- it was disgusting. <laughs> and I was really, I was 21, like. <laughs> Shouldn't be getting that no, shit. No, yeah. So that was a big, and, and you know what? Um, I know people that are in their early 20s who have been smokers since they were teens and their teeth are gross. Mm, that yeah, definitely happens. their teeth are not good. Um. Man, you know what? That's an amazing thing to know that that's a huge motivator for you. If it's going to fuck up your oral hygiene, <laughs> you're like really not on board with that. Well, it was more the visual of that. It was you. You saw that sink. It was just. And there's something particularly pernicious about blood coming from your mouth. Yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It's gross. But there would be other people that saw that and just be like, "Well, it comes with the territory." And just keep going. Yeah, that's not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> there's a point. No, there's so obviously, yeah. This is the there. classic plain, plain pain pleasure principle. The pain was too much. Eventually, at that, point. that that pain was yeah, yeah, got to be too much. But um, hang on. Okay, so we've said the sort of person. We've talked so much about drug addicts on p- previous podcasts. I think we all kind of know. But the then times. again, we've talked about the different type. We did a whole half a podcast talking about these are the sort of people that are likely to get into cocaine. These are the sort of people that are likely to get into weed. So I feel like we've covered that. Um, sex out of gam- Yeah, gambling is the one I just don't. I've never, every other vice I've consumed, I'm like, well, that was good. Whereas gambling, I've gone to the pokies. I've even won and I'm like, just doesn't. It feels like a shitty video game because you're not actually using your mind. You're just aimlessly pressing buttons. Mm. So It is a shitty video game. But it's, it? re- it's so dull and boring, but maybe I just haven't been doing it enough. Maybe, you know, the first beer you have, you almost always think it's disgusting. And then you have a few more. And you like the feeling and you're like, all right, I'll deal with the taste for the feeling. And then two years later, you actually like, like the, taste. the taste. So it could be the same with... um. And there's also other forms of gambling. It's not just the pokies. But 
Um, that's the the main one, I guess, in Australia. And the thing is, is like that I really don't like about the human brain is just the more you do something, the more you want to do it. Like it's just that neural path just gets really? easier and easier until it just becomes an unconscious behavior. Gosh. So if you just force your way through to do anything, that just becomes automatic behavior for you. Oh, well, that's good if you're developing good habits. <laughs> it's a good oh, thing yeah, to know. Oh, yeah, that's great for that. Um, but that's... Um, but when it comes God. to gambling, gambling, the whole thing is designed pretty much for so, people that are in that neural path. So if you're getting bashed up every day, would you then eventually start to enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah, that, that always no. happens with kids. There's always what? kids, yeah, heaps of kids that are in physical, uh, like domestically abused as kids. They're, they're very prone to getting uh, abusive partners. But do they actually enjoy the, because you're saying you're... Well, enjoy might not be the right word, but comfortable. Okay. You're comfortable with it. It's the same thing with pokies. Like, yeah, it I mean, normal. you All look right. at those people at a pokey machine, they're not having the time of their life. They look like zombies. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. So they're just, they're used to it. They're used to it. Okay. That's the way and to then, put it. And then the comfort from that is enjoyable. So they're, they're doing something that they're used to. So yeah, they get any, some get sort of enjoyment anything. out of that. Okay. You get used to anything. Yeah. No, so that's never... What? Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, is anyone listening that had a gambling addiction? or I've even had friends that have struggled with gambling addictions. Which Are they is... Asians? No. Really? <laughs> no, they're not. Tradies? Um, no. Yeah, they don't fit the mold. Um, so it's just one that I've never really, I haven't understood mm. because I haven't ever gambled and thought, oh, wow, I want to do that again. Mm. So. But I think all of them, though, you you actually have addressed something there. With all the vices, I don't think the first time you do them, you think, yeah, hangovers, that's mad. That's true. Maybe they all are acquired. They're all acquired. You have to push yourself through it a lot. Which is so bizarre that people, that we we have a society where those things are so prevalent when people have to push through the first few times they've done it. Dude, it's because people are like... It's it's the, the the vice of it. There's kind of just like this evil pool, and the people that are in that want to suck all the people down into their vice. You'll see this a lot with like drug addicts. Like one drug yeah. drug addict, like he gets clean, and then all of a sudden that other the person that's still addicted to drugs starts getting really catty with them, just being like, "You fucking change me, you fucking suck." <laughs> and they'll leave out of there. But they'll always be the ones being like, come on, man, just try it. It's mad, obviously, right? Yeah, they want to bring people down to their level. They want to bring people Fuck. down to their level. Like with one of my friends recently. Maybe unconscious. Do you think they're doing that consciously? What? Like trying to bring the people down to their level. Don't you think, would, would that be happening subconsciously? Because they don't want to know that, that someone's better than them and being able to beat the addiction. So rather than have their friend who they supposedly care about beat that addiction they'd rather be more comfortable feeling better about themselves knowing that their friend isn't better than them so it's like tall poppy syndrome for vice yeah maybe yeah no no that's well that's definitely what's happening because they just feel this feeling of superiority 
that might not even be there, but they're like kind of imagining it because they know that what they're doing is wrong on some level. Well, dark stuff, man. Well, um, in conclusion, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> I mean, that was obviously going to be it. <laughs> It's weird now that the, all of the vices are looked down upon, except now there's this kind of, it's weird with sex work. There's this sort of power yeah, to know. the sex workers, mm. but then it's still not exactly admired or anything when a man goes and pays for that sex worker. They're just like, sex work is real work and, you know, all power to you if you want to do that or even if you want to be on OnlyFans or whatever, which is basically a form of sex work. But then they need those men who are paying for their career, but then the men who are doing it, it's still kind of frowned upon. You know, don't, don't you think all those, um, the, those mainly women that are like, yeah, woo, sex work is real work, go you, do what you want. But then would they actually be like, yeah, men, go and pay for a sex worker, go and, which they should be, because by empowering the men to, pay for the sex worker they're empowering the sex worker right but they're still like nah the men who do it are kind of creepy but yeah go you it's just the <laughs> way of the sex world now, isn't it yeah that's pretty much uh, <sighs> i mean i'm not against i'm <laughs> so... not against like do it i think it it should be um legal and regulated and i think it's probably a bit if, if you're going to do any vice in moderation that is the one with the least health consequences. Yeah. If that's anything, true. it could have some beneficial health consequences. If you're doing it in moderation, that's the all the others, even in moderation, well, gambling won't physically affect you, but drinking and drugs will definitely, even in moderation, will have physical health impacts. Actually, no, gambling might it depends if how much Yeah. If you're if you're losing more money gambling than you are visiting a brothel or paying for a sex worker, then whichever one is um, losing you less money is the is the better moderate vice. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Or you could make the argument that if it is a safe and regulated sex work um, institution, you could actually be your helping someone maybe you're paying their wage yeah, yeah, so you could uh, make the argument that that's the better one that's the best vice to engage in <laughs> yeah you're definitely not paying someone's wage if you're getting if you're buying a bottle of beer are you? I, I think they're fine yeah and you're definitely you know if you're using the pokies i'm pretty sure james packer's got enough money yeah yeah so and he's pretty depressed how face. ironic yeah. <laughs> yeah that says something <laughs> Um, this is actually yeah. That's 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 actually true, man. Yeah. In every way that you slice it. Mm. Well, there you yeah, go. Go, go if, to the broth. If you're gonna have a vice, that's the one to do. All right, there we go. Well, just to wrap up, let's um answer one of our subscribers' questions. Um, if you haven't heard already, we offer some paid subscriptions for this podcast. Just go to neilkohacker.com slash podcast there's some uh ten dollar subscriptions and we'll answer some questions there's also one two three dollar subscriptions available these are monthly by the way and you'll get access to the discord which has just been around for now a few weeks so hopefully the people who are on that discord are enjoying 
the banter there. Um, so this one is from Ben Bush. Oh, it's a long one. All right. This is his question. I've been thinking about this a bit because I'm a salt and peppery old fuck in his 40s and I can recall a time when the world had a lot more silence in it. How much do you guys value solitude and are we ever really able to experience solitude in a world spilling over with stimulation, things to listen to, stuff to watch, 24-hour news, social media, and just the ever-present knowledge that our phones uh, never further than a short sprint across the room from us Someone out there is going to call or text us any second. I'd love your feedback on this. I work as a tradie, often on my own, and I've had to take very deliberate steps to shut out the noise lately. Podcasts, audiobooks, music, radio, etc. I found I was drowning in it and I felt generally tense. I allocate an hour or so each day for none of it. Silence. I think I'm better off to thoughts. Damn, that's that's some wise shit. Why are you giving us the... You... You've got it done. Well, he's saying he's turning off the podcast. Just don't turn off this podcast, but you've... But that, is, that is weird. Yeah, there's a bit of contrast there. But I'm really, really happy to hear that you've done that. Like, I, I think that's a very mature thing to do. I definitely... We all know phones are an addiction and, you know, we live in a world where we're constantly overstimulated by media. So... It would be a good thing to be comfortable just, well, like we talked about before, being alone without needing a change of state and a vice or stimulation of some kind. You could argue that media is almost a vice as well if you're just constantly looking at TV or um, That's definitely TikTok or whatever. So, for sure. Well, there you go. There's another vice there. Um, do we value solitude? No, I, of course not. Most people don't really feel comfortable in it. Have you ever done that? Um, Joe Rogan talks about it a lot that you go in that little pod where it's that salt water thing and it's just dark and you just lie there. Yeah, I did that Sensory a lot. deprivation tank. That's yeah. it. I did it once. It was, it was great. Yeah, it is. But it wasn't really confronting or um, some people say it's quite challenging. And I, I felt really relaxed. I feel great. <laughs> is, did I do it wrong? No, but it's just really nice knowing that contrast. Everyone who said it's like, oh, man, it's so hard being with just your thoughts for a while, but then eventually you get comfortable. I was there and I was like, what if I like my thoughts? This is nice. Yeah. I really just was relaxed. Um, I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. It does mean that you're fairly sound of mind. I think that's what he's talking about there. He is definitely saying that if you aren't, then you are not going to be comfortable alone, which is why most people are trying to drown it out. So I am very glad that you are doing that. Um, And it actually shows a level of wisdom because I've noticed this ever since I turned 30. I don't value talk anymore like I used to. You know, when you're just like early 20s or whatever and you just always just want to be like having witty bands and always just be like on and everybody just like saying cool shit all the time like that that, i Mm. I really remember that and now when i just kind of sit there and i'm just like nah fuck it (laughs) (laughs) and i think that maybe he's just got 10 years on that and i think that's just what happens with age you just get to this point of like i'm kind of sick of everything especially men (laughs) you become the you become the lone wolf you become the lone wolf uh, leave me alone yeah. Let me go to my shed. Um, well, if, if he's a tradie, that's already a pretty solitary 
profession. I think there are just some people, and I think most likely men, who, well, definitely introverts, but need to be alone with their own thoughts for a while. Mm. I know I everyone does, but a massive introvert in the sense that I obviously go on stage and talk to people, and I've actually gotten better in social situations compared to my late teens and early twenties, but. You know, I didn't want to move to a share house. A big part of that was I value my alone time more than anything. That's where I come up with my best videos, my best content, my best thoughts when I'm just alone. And then the thoughts run wild and they I'm trying to make a point. I'm trying to think about something. And that's where my imagination does its best work. Do you be the same? I mean, you spent a year in bloody the bush. Loved it. Yeah. No, I can't tell you how much I value being alone. And I really, really hate not. And even when I've just moved into an office, what did I do? I spent like a few days on the writer's table and then I just locked myself off in the editor's suite when the editors aren't there. I just naturally move towards it. You can't think without it. Mm. That's the whole point. That's the whole point now. I've just realized like... Just spend time perfecting. Spend time perfecting something worth saying. I, I don't want. I don't you. want that constant noise anymore. Yeah, that's it. Like you just can't get it without the silence that. of it. Yeah. So. Although I think I will say I think some people, just based on their psychological makeup are more comfortable in solitude whereas some people are just very social creatures get their energy off other people yeah and and probably would not thrive in a solitary environment no so i mean he's talking more about the media and things where where you you get the it's a fake social environment so you get you get the feeling that you're in a big community but you're not if you're just sitting at home scrolling on social media or watching tv you know, you hear voices and you see people, but you're not actually getting the intimacy mm. that you probably need, especially if you're an extrovert. So I think it, you know, comes back to know thyself. Where do you feel most comfortable? What do you need to feel comfortable? And then, if you are a more introverted, solitary person, find time for yourself. And I think that's a good an hour a day is a really good. Time to just to truly detach for an hour. I'm pretty envious of this guy's That's... life, i got to say. As we were saying before, yeah. Trady is the Australian version of being a Buddhist. And he's taken it one step further. He's actually melded the two anyway. <laughs> he has. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. Damn. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're just trying to floss on us or whatever, but you it, mission accomplished. I don't really have any thoughts or advice on that. I just think that that's a great thing to do and I wish that other people were able to emulate that before hitting 40. Yeah. Um, well, meditation is a good... I try to do that every day and it's a similar sort of thing. Yeah, but that's, that's 10 minutes. Yes, yeah, that's... It's not an hour. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've, I don't think I do it. I think that I'm always constantly doing something. Yeah, one hour is a. Yeah, and I think that maybe it might just pay dividends because uh, I can't remember who it was, but there was some 
Indian guru that was just talking about it. There's a difference between activity and action. And I think that's what he's talking about. He's talking about activity, just things always happening, but nothing yeah. really moving anywhere. Yeah. Stimulation without... Without progress. Well, stimulation happening around you without you doing anything. If you're watching TV or listening to radio, just consuming media, it's meant to be... So I'll watch YouTube and TV when I'm having my, you know, lunch break or when I'm trying to relax. But actually, especially the media landscape now, and especially if you're consuming political content, forget it. There's nothing, nothing relaxing about that. No. So maybe we, we it, it comes back to, it is like a vice. It's a sort of, it, it stimulates certain chemicals, I'm sure. And you've probably gotten comfortable with whatever it is coming home from work and watching the block or whatever Mm. because you just feel comfortable doing that and it gives you that little reprieve from the stress and tension of your day-to-day life. Mm. And in many ways, it's just a much lamer vice. Yeah, it's a very (laughs) lame vice. (laughs) Yeah, if you're going to have a vice, maybe just look. It's worth the... Health risks if you at least yeah, gonna go be, to the brothel. You're gonna be a sick cunt, you know. At least you'll have adventures. And that's the really mm. sad one. Any vice that doesn't result in anything, any any positive, that's got to be one of them. Surely, what is the gain from the block that you know the tins of tomatoes are on special at Coles? Would you get that? That'll be from MasterChef, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I mean, Coles is just all dominant. That is the Tyrell Corporation of Australia. It's just constantly being advertised. Just in case you forgot about it. No, that's all right. Yeah, no, we just, yeah. (laughs) Watch all those dystopian movies where, you know, one corporation has its signage and emblem everywhere, but we kind of do live in that world. Yeah, but it's just like a really hilarious, like lazy version in Australia, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Woolies, and. Coles, Bunnings. They're all fucking funny brands. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Eh? <laughs> there can never be a really uh, scary corporation in Australia. No. <laughs> in order to become a corporation in Australia, you've got to just be like, <laughs> no one can take you seriously. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, sausages has to be a really big tenement of your empire. <laughs> like, you can't be. What? <laughs> Still to this day, think about that video you did where it's like. Burger King, oh bloody Yanks coming in the well, King, what you think you're better than that? <laughs> what about Hungry Jacks? Oh, I got the Waffle deal tattooed on my back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, that's that's brilliant. <laughs> that yeah, I, I, another reason to love Perth. If there wasn't enough, <laughs> they do understand the burgers are better. That's right. Um, but yes, look, so solitude, I think, is, is is something to, depending on the sort of person you are, something to value. But even if it's not something you feel comfortable in, it's something to probably uh, it'd be a good habit to just get used to being alone with your thoughts, even if it's once a week even. I can't imagine that has any, if you've got the time, why not? I mean, you should start with the habit method of, if, you, if you're developing a habit, like a really good example is just go to the gym and actually put it in your head that you're not going to work out just to instill that I'm going to the gym. 
for mm. the first few weeks. And then when you just keep going there, you'll just be like, well, while I'm here, I may as well just start lifting. It's just getting the action of doing it. So the fact that this guy started with an hour, that's awesome. But I think that it's just beneficial if you don't have that imp- uh, that that need, just put a timer for like a couple of minutes, just two minutes. Just yeah. get into that. And then you'll just realize, no, actually, this is good. And then you can increase it from there. Mm. And actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to start doing that as well because I, I, I feel like it. I, I really Don't you think that that feeling of that 90s news guy with the suspenders and those like cufflinks and just always sitting there with a cup of coffee, just being like, yeah, where's your scoop? Like that is, look at how much fucking tea I drink. I am that guy now. Like my life is just so busy and just constantly filled with all these updates being like, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a landslide in Queensland. Like Mm. I don't like it. Like I used to always sit there as a kid and think I would hate to have that man's life. And now I am that man. So, yeah, I, I do want to, like, instill that. So, thanks for the advice, okay. man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you thank you for your contribution. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, like I said, uh, neilkalhacker.com slash podcast. If you want to subscribe, um, $10 a month, we'll answer a question. For $50 a month, we'll do a whole podcast on your topic. Um, that brings us to the end of this podcast. So, I hope you enjoyed it. And follow slash subscribe. We will see you next time. See you guys.